Hi, I'm Ben Tenwen, and you're listening to the We Are Rising podcast. Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin. I am joined by a very special guest today. With us, I have making his debut at Ryzen 15 against Kyoji Horiguchi, Ben Ten Nguyen. Uh, ben, thank you for so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate you doing this. Hey, not a problem at all, man. Good to be on. Thanks for having me. So I, I want to make sure I have your entire background correct. You are of Vietnamese descent, born in... Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but now training in Australia. <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's uh, in a broad term. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. So, do you want the the whole story of how I got to uh, how a, a Vietnamese South Dakotan boy got to Australia? Yeah, sure. Actually, that was gonna be my first question: is how you got into uh, a <laughs> Uh, into mixed martial arts, but uh, I guess that will connect to also with uh, how you got okay. to Australia. Yeah, well, both of the stories are kind of the same. So I got into martial arts when I was young. Um, I got bullied in in school. Uh, so my mom put me into Taekwondo at the age of 12. Um, then I started, uh, I got my black belt at age 18, and then I jumped into the cage thinking, hey, man, I got black belt. I'm going to knock these guys out, these cage fighter guys, like prove myself. And um, so I went went in there, uh, got rear naked choked in the first round, uh, went back, knew how to learn some other martial arts like wrestling and jiu-jitsu and stuff, picked up you know, some new skills, and, you know, started fighting on the local circuit, started winning and stuff. And then, um, I don't know, there was like a little when I was like, 22, 24-ish, like, I didn't fight for, like, two years, um, I got caught up into, like, a, uh, corporate type of job, I was working as, like, a computer technician for, uh, Geek Squad, actually, um, Best Buy's Geek Squad, and, um, I was kind of just climbing the corporate ladder for a bit, um, kind of selling with, like, a full-time job, and, and getting into it, and then, um, I got the invite to go out to uh, to train at Tiger Muay Thai, and um, I just dropped everything, sold everything I had, and uh, went to Thailand, uh, made it onto the, the team, the fight team there, so I got like a sponsorship deal where I get to train for free and live for free and stuff, and train, and um, that's where I met my wife, who was on, on a training holiday at um, 
Tiger Muay Thai, and um, she was just there on holiday, and I just we connected, and um, I followed her back to Australia, and here I am today. So you've trained in essentially three different countries, America, Thailand, and in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still kind of do. Yeah, I, I go back to Thailand, and I did part of my camp for this fight at Tiger Muay Thai. I went back for like two or three weeks, and yeah, so I, I, it's really confusing. You know, a Vietnamese guy, Vietnamese-American guy from South Dakota went to Thailand, then moved to Australia. It's really confusing, but that's kind of like the long story short. How is training what in all these countries? Like, what what makes America different with tra- training MMA there and training Australia and training in Thailand? What is like what is the big difference between all three of them and how they approach mm-hmm. uh, training? Um. So, um. I mean, it's it's not that much different. Um. You know, I, I train. I've trained at, at a lot of places. Uh, I've trained in, you know, my hometown in South Dakota, which is kind of like a small, like, it's a small gym. Uh, but, like, we all, we're all always training to get better. You know, the at the camp at Tiger Muay Thai, you know, you think you're doing just Muay Thai and stuff, right? But it's, like, it's a bunch of expats from other countries. Like, you got a lot of Americans there. You got people from England, uh, Russia. A lot of Russians are going there. Um, so it's it's almost like um, like an international gym there, but as far as like the difference between training, there's not that much difference. I mean, we're uh, I feel like the different structures make the different coaches make up the different classes and like this different styles and stuff. But generally, they're mostly the same. Man, you're you're going to be doing jujitsu, you know, Muay Thai, sparring on Fridays. Um, you know, boxing, you know, pretty much whatever you want, whatever you uh, want to make up to it. So, uh, in in Australia, I've got like like a few different teams that I train with here. I've, you know, I've got, I've got like a grappling coach, uh, I've got a striking coach, and we kind of put together like a game plan and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't see that much difference between going in between the different places. And, uh, but, um, how about like in terms of yeah of fight? Because I, I picture like if you train in Thailand, you have a lot. There's a lot more guys that you could train if that are your size compared to like in America, where mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more bigger people that uh, that you have to train with. Is that kind of also maybe a difference as well between? Um... Uh, no, not not really. No, like uh, like again, uh, in Thailand it was like it's an international gym, so I'm training with people from all over the world, you know, Russia, Australia, Americans, English people, so, like, you can, you find a lot of training partners and different varieties and stuff, and, and that's quite, kind of a nice part about training, and at, at Tiger Muay Thai, at an international gym, is, like, you get, you get to spar with a bunch of guys from different places of the world, and they all have their, like, little, little different styles and stuff so it's good to get a different look mm-hmm. uh one of the things also that you're you're in a you're in a uh interesting uh camp of fighters uh 
who lost their first fight when they debuted. Now, the thing I find interesting about fighters who lose when they in their first fight, sometimes they they don't return to MMA. You never hear from them again. But you obviously want to have a successful career in MMA after that. Uh, can you just talk about what happened? Uh, what, the continuing your uh, after your first loss in a pro MMA match. Yeah. So after my after my first loss in like MMA, yeah, like I like I said, I went in there with just knowing just Taekwondo. Like I knew like traditional martial arts, and um, that's all I knew. And and um and it showed because I went in there, got choked out right away. So I came back, started learning other things, and and kind of fell. That's when I really started falling in love with MMA. Was just the different disciplines and being able to learn all kinds of different things. And then um, it wasn't just it wasn't just like one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now you became quite well known, and you probably talked about this fight to death, but I have to bring it up. Uh, you know, what I'm gonna, you, I can tell you know what I'm going to talk about is the, is the infamous uh, uh, weigh-in weigh of you yeah. and Julian Wallace for Nitro yeah. MMA. Yes, um, exactly, yep. Uh, that rings a bell. Yeah, I thought I, thought I might. Um, in which you, he was obviously a very aggressive in, in during the, uh, the weigh-in, uh, put his fist up to your yeah. face, and then... Uh, you managed to knock him out in the first round yep. within like within less than thirty seconds. Um, yep. and that film, that 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 footage just went all over the place. Why do you think? Why do you th- I mean, this is not the first time that somebody's ever been aggressive at a weigh-in, and for some reason that one went viral. Why do you think that? Why do you think that one, this one particular incident became so infamous as it did? Uh, I think. Just the visual image of this guy covered in tattoos, <laughs> right? With yeah. the belt, goes up to my face. Like you see, like him going in, up to this this um, innocent-looking, handsome, by the way, <laughs> and, uh, Asian guy, myself. So um, you see, like the two extremes. You see this really tough. He's really angry-looking guy, and like the really innocent-looking guy mm-hmm. and then and you know he goes up to my face and uh, makes a big scene and right away that like gets people really angry right that's like oh man what, why is he such a dickhead and, um, and then the next scene is just me just cleaning him up so I think it was just seeing <clears throat> seeing um, justice being served mm-hmm. uh, like Kind of like a karma video, you know, instant karma, were and you, it's very satisfying. Was that was was that? Did you were you surprised at how quickly you finished him? Was it kind of like, oh, uh, I, okay, like, we, did you expect the fight to go that short? No, I, yeah, you know, I, I didn't uh, expect it to go that fast. I uh, we actually prepared to wrestle with this guy because we knew he had like a big red hand, um, but yeah, I, I think one thing that really made me go after him was like just how close he stood next to me like he didn't really use a lot of forward to move away you know I, I kind of like stood he, he stood right and punching like I could reach out and touch him so I was like oh man he's standing so close to me I could just 
I just hit them right now, and I, I just started landing shots, and and um, I kind of knew at one point, I was like, man, I'm going to knock this guy out, and then I knew he we had that big right hand, so we're circling right, right, and then he throws that big right hand, go under it, and then just nail him right in the chin, and it felt like, and um, the sound and the feeling felt like when you, um, when you're at like Thanksgiving dinner or um, Christmas dinner, and you break off that turkey leg off the off the the, the bird you know mm-hmm. and when you twist it off that makes that like pop and crackle that's what it felt like just when I made connection to his jaw it just made like this pop noise I remember it clear as day it's funny because I, I knew I knew who's done I don't think I think the footage a lot of the footage at the of the actual fight was had some music over it or something, so I don't know if I, I can recall the actual hearing the pop sound when the uh, yeah. when when that video itself went viral. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that's a it's, it's quite amazing, just like such a clip, just like just of yeah. how much notoriety it got. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely boosted my career. You know, it happened in Australia, and um, I, I was on a win streak at the time. And that was part of it, and. When that went viral, it pretty much um, got got me a lot of attention. You know, got me signed to the UFC, uh, and it just boosted my career like crazy. Everyone knows that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's um let's talk a little bit about your UFC career. Um, we uh we, was the UFC always a goal at the time? Um, when as you were um coming up in the uh, Australia scene in MMA? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, for a while there, uh, you know, I was I was really hoping to get in the UFC, and you know, I was on a win streak. Uh, uh, that video popped up, and I I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Late, they were looking, a UFC was looking for a flyweight replacement for a fight show in Australia, and um, you know, that video sort of happened around that same time of when they needed a replacement. So I kind of just went in there, swooped in there, made my debut, um, knocked, knocked out my opponent um, in my in my debut fight in the UFC. Had a pretty good run mm-hmm. overall. Now, for those that don't remember, that was the Miosic versus Mark Hunt card, which I remember staying up late to watch. And uh, Oh, you watched that one? Yes, yes, I did, uh, because I'm a big, I was a huge Mark, I'm still a Mark Hunt fan. And uh, just watching that main event, just okay. watching him, just ugh, just get pounded and yeah. pounded and pounded. Yeah, I and... That. yeah, it wasn't the best night for Mark. Oh no, it, it, it was like Old Yeller had to be put down, like, but Old Yeller was not going down, no matter how many times he shot him. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's it, man. But uh, uh, the UFC has recently uh, they. Uh, you unfortunately did get released from the UFC at a time when they yep. seem to be. Whether their their flyweight division seems to be, I don't know what to say. If it's it's like in flux or not, I don't even know what it is at this point. And I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are right now about what the UFC is doing is doing with the flyweight division currently, where it seems to be almost in in limbo. Yeah. So the way it's looking like the matchups are going, I can't see the flyweight division going ahead with any more fights. I don't know if there is any fights scheduled. There might be. I don't know, off the top of my head. But 
just looking at, you know, we saw we saw um, Juicy Formiga win his last fight, and I know, I know it wasn't like the strongest fight. It wasn't the most crowd entertaining fight, and I mean, I feel like that might have sealed the deal for getting rid of the flyweight division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because apparently it's just not entertaining enough. Um, there's not a lot enough interest in the flyweight division in the UFC right now. So I think I think with the new owners, uh, the new ownership really I think they're trying to chase the profits, chase the profit margins, and uh, the flyweight division in the UFC isn't bringing them those margins. Mm-hmm. I know that you had fought you fought a bantamweight when you were coming up uh, as an MMA fighter. Did uh, UFC at all make an offer for the for you to go up to a bantamweight? No, no, they didn't. I was um, really uh, disappointed about that, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I fought a, bant- a bantamweight many times. Uh, I feel like I'm a big flyweight, a really strong flyweight. So I don't see any problem with me going up to to bantamweight. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just didn't get the offer, so I, I was really, we were really surprised by that. Uh, but there are positives uh, with every door yeah. that closes, and one that is coming up uh, April. Exactly. Uh, that is... Exactly, my friend. At Ryzen 15, you will be facing Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, and I'm curious to know, uh, have you ever had any interaction with Horiguchi previously, just like, have you ever, like... Had a, like a talk with him, or like, did you ever interact with him? Uh... No, I think the closest, uh, closest interaction I had with him was I remember we, there was a um, athlete summit for the UFC uh, back in twenty sixteen. I want to say twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen, maybe twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen. Um, anyways, uh, there was a Athlete Summit, so like 26 athletes, you know, up-and-comers, uh, were flown out to Vegas just to check out facilities and just do cool UFC stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I remember seeing Horiguchi there, and um, that's about it, man. <laughs> I just, I think we just saw each other in passing and never talked to each other. Gotcha. gotcha. And, uh, that's about it. Uh, tell tell us uh, how you and Ryzen came to be. Uh, did they reach out to you? Uh, did you re- get any offers from any other promotions? And Ryzen had the best offers. Tell us how you how you uh, signed with Ryzen. Yeah, so you know after my release from the UFC, uh, we basically uh, we are on the lookout for a new promotion to fight on. So we had offers from. Oh, we looked at going to one. A lot of people thought we were going to go to one. Um, you know, Ryzen was one of them. Bare Knuckle, Brave. Uh, yeah, so we, we had a lot of promotions and a lot of options. But Ryzen really wanted us. They really were chasing from me. Like, they couldn't stop bringing my phone. <laughs> and um, it just felt, felt like they really wanted me, so... We went with the people that wanted to support me and wanted to have me on the show. Mm-hmm. And we felt like Ryzen was going to take care of me. 
And uh, did was the uh, initial offer for the uh, Horiguchi fight, or was there another fight in place? Uh, could you talk? Is there? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it was just they straight up offered Horiguchi. And, and what were your thoughts when you when when you got told by your manager? Yeah, hey, super, really surprised by it that they'd offer us the top their top guy right away. And you know, for me, it's like. It's awesome, man. Like I get to fight the best right away. Like I don't have to kind of work my way up, get a few more fights, prove myself. I got I get to start at the top. Now here's it, it isn't it isn't for at the bantamweight. Uh, it's at a catchweight. No. I'm correct, right? 132 pounds. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Was that also was, was that also what they offered? Was was the catchweight, or was that something between your camp and Horiguchi's camp? No, no, they just offered the catch weight right away, and I was like, yeah. Uh, does we're it, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you a little, yeah. Is it kind of a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, disappointing that they didn't that they didn't offer you a title shot already at Lightender? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be weird, you know, when I beat Horiguchi. Like, what, what's going what's gonna to happen afterwards? Like, do I have to call him out again and get a title shot? Or do I get the belt right away? <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Know. That's what they do in pro wrestling. You beat the champion in a non-title match, and then you get the title. You get the title shot after. So that may have that may have actually have to happen if like you yeah. beat him. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, but about yeah, about Horiguchi. So yeah, he is. I think it's fair to say he is the best bandweight in the world. After um, I think it. There was another bandweight who could have been the best, but what's he's uh tied up in some uh. Matters, shall we say? You know who I'm talking about, right? Sure. Yes, I know. I think I know. Bantamweight yeah. or flyweight? But bantamweight. Bantamweight. Yes. Okay. Um. So, how do you prepare for a fight like Horiguchi? Like Horiguchi, man. So you know, we know he's a really strong striker, really powerful, uh, karate guy. You know, we've uh, had. I had the opportunity to have like really good sparring partners and really uh, to be able to to act like Horiguchi and really mimic him and stuff. And um, and one of my sparring partners was the Australian karate uh, captain, the captain of um, Karate Australia. So I I wasn't short of having having that look. So to say of um, what Horiguchi style is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just um, sparring uh, people like Horiguchi and just kind of managing what he's gonna throw at me and kind of being prepared for anything that he's gonna throw at me. Yeah, that seems. I hear a lot is what is that what throws off a lot of fighters is his stance. It's a it's not a typical MMA. Uh, standard stance, the way that he that he that he what he does in a in a fight. He's a very it's it's karate it's karate based karate based stance and um, yeah and that and you know that's how he was able to beat E McCall uh, and a bunch of other fighters in Ryzen and in UFC and also throughout his career is just that stance alone throws off so many people. Um, yeah. Also, uh, his speed he's got incredible speed, lightning fast almost I would say. Um, Actually, I would say lightning fast. Is that another thing as well? You you is yeah. you got you, that you're also trained for is just like that quick reaction time. Just you got knowing when to block. Hundred percent. 
100%, man. It's just knowing when to read, when he's going to come and engage. And his timing, I think, is one of his most dangerous aspects. So getting that timing down, knowing when he's going to fill, uh, when he's not going to fill. Um, yeah, just managing, just trying to stay away from his power as much as we can. Mm. Now, uh, another thing also, I don't know if you saw that Ryzen put out this um, comparison between you and him. Um, and they said that uh, you have a higher finishing oh. rate than him. You probably saw that, right? Yeah, yeah I saw that. I was, I was awesome. I, I um, hadn't really realized that. But, um, yeah, that's sick, man. Like, we, we're both finishers. You know, we always go for the finish. And um, I don't see this fight going the, the distance. Yeah, just just for everybody, that's they say that you have you have a percentage of eighty one percent finishing rate, while Horiguchi has a sixty two percent, almost a, uh, almost twenty percent difference. Um, and so, do, how do you look to finish Horiguchi? Do you do you think is the knockout the way that you think this fight can go, or do you think is it submission? Uh, he's only been finished once his entire career, and that was Demetrius Johnson who did that. So how do you, like how do you how do you foresee this fight? going your way yeah man um, I don't usually try to chase like a knockout or a submission finish you know whatever comes comes um, I'd love to I'd love to like have a flashy knockout or something or a flashy submission but it's just gonna come down to the day and and um, you know I can't I don't, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen like oh. I, I know a lot of my fights I'm like oh, I'm gonna knock this guy out and then I end up submitting him, and it's really weird like that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, is, is how many fights do you have? Do, does, do you have any more fights on the Ryzen contract? Yeah, man, I got a uh, three-fight contract with Ryzen. Okay, and, I'll, uh, and I think you kind of implied it before that if you do beat him, probably you would want him to be uh, for the title next, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, um, 100%, yeah. Well, so, uh, but let's just say if, the, if well, you do beat them, but for some reason they can't do a tile shot. Is there anybody else in Ryzen who you would have your eyes on to possibly face off against? Um, maybe tension, like kickboxing fight or MMA fight would be really fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, going for the top guys right away. Uh, for a did you see the uh, tension Floyd Mayweather boxing match? Yeah, I was there live for that one. Oh, so okay. So obviously you know that it was obviously a fake fight, like everybody, like everybody else yeah, is saying. Hundred percent, yeah. Man, I could see you know being there live. Definitely, and the way he stumbled was definitely an act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I I could go into how many people were trying to convince me that that fight was fake, and it's just it was so ridiculous how many people like. I can't believe that. I can't believe how many people. We're believing that nonsense, man. Like, dude, he stepped in there with the best boxer in the world. Because like, you know, uh, obviously, a Japanese promotion, you know, they want their their guy to go down. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So they they they're gonna pay nine million for their their uh, their their poster boy to get knocked out. I mean, that's um, uh, that's not a good deal, in my opinion. But that's so. You say you would like to. So you would be willing to fight tension in a kickboxing match. Would you be willing to go down to uh, one twenty? Yeah, kickboxing, MMA. You know, uh, it just depends. Would you go uh, down to one twenty five for that? MMA fight. How about uh, MMA fight? Okay. 
Would you go down to 125 for that? Because that's usually the weight that he competes yeah. at. Yeah, I'd go down to 125. You know, I'm a fly weight. I'm a fly weight, bantam weight, wherever, man. Fight him a catch weight if he wants. What about like a mixed rules match type type thing where one, like like how? Like, well, uh, like either match. first rounds, oh yeah, first rounds kickboxing, and then second rounds MMA. Um, that sometimes those ha- fights. Those yeah, types. I would entertain that. I would definitely entertain that. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Like just to mix things up a little bit. You know, I think that'd be fun. Hmm. Um. What about? Uh. So it sounds anybody else that that. In in Ryzen, that interest that you have an interest in fighting besides tension, and of course Horiguchi for the title. Yeah, yeah, not at the moment right now. I guess that's that's pretty much that's it, man. This. Uh, do you have a do you have a big entrance plan for when you come out of the uh out of the curtain for Ryzen? Oh, that's a that's a big question, and that's kind of a question a question that's been stuck in my head for a while. Being a big fan of, you know, Japanese MMA, uh, one of my favorite fighters growing up, uh, still to this day, probably, probably, um, is uh, Genki Sudo. Mm-hmm. And you know how his entrance were like, man. Yes. He was that. So, yeah, I've been thinking about how I'm gonna come out, and I don't know, man. I don't know. Definitely, the thing about it. Should I? Yes, you absolutely yeah. should, because I'll tell you, if you want to get the most gifts and the most tweets about about your fight, if you come out of a ball and entrance, that's a good way to get your a good way to yeah. get more more of a great way to get your name out there. Okay, so I gotta start looking for like dance crews and stuff like that, mm. costumes. Just don't come out to any Eminem music. The, yeah, no way. You know about the Eminem curse in uh, MMA, right? Uh, I've heard about it, yeah. Supposedly, so anyone who, fight, who fights to Eminem, uh, comes out to Eminem, they get knocked out or what? Basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right. I'll um, I'll keep that in mind. Definitely not, but I'm gonna stick to my usual. Probably, I'm gonna stick to my usual. Hajime no Ippo, my favorite boxing, my favorite anime. Um, one of the opening songs. <laughs> uh, I always come out to his like his to that song. So Japanese fans gonna love it. And also, uh, you must also be excited that Lenny Hart will be announcing your name as well. Yeah, man. So that'd be that'd be really cool. Hope she goes crazy with it and does some kind of weird like announcement of it. That'd be really cool. Like old school Pride days. Mm-hmm. And and she's gonna say the entire thing. She's gonna say Ben Ten No Win. I don't know how she's gonna do it, but she's gonna she's gonna say it like yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be yeah. awesome. Hope she hope, hope it's like thirty seconds long. Ben Ten Win. Be sick. Uh, be really cool. The other thing also is that uh, I understand that you're a big gamer as well. I am, man. So yeah, I got a I've got like this. There's a microphone set up, you know, with boom arm, and I got a green screen set up. Um, I'm hoping to do some streaming in the future. It's just the internet is so bad here. Guys, I'm getting half a meg upload speed. 
right? Half a meg up. And that's not enough to stream. It sounds like you're in the outback. I'm not in an outback. This Australian internet just sucks that bad. Oh. And, yeah, it does. Yeah, everyone, everyone hates it. Um, but it's going to get upgraded soon to the NBN, the National Broadband Network, and hopefully it will be better and I can stream. But right now I'm playing games like – I'm mainly playing shooters. Um, right now I'm playing um, Apex Legends, uh, the new Battle Royale-style game where – 60 people jump out of a plane and land on the ground and grab guns and shoot each other. So the, the, uh, Apex and, and Anthem right now are the two big games, I think, that well, the big two shooter games that, that, that people are playing and talking about. Uh, have you played Anthem yet? I haven't, no, I haven't. Have you? Uh, no, okay, I've heard it's absolute dog shit. Uh, I think EA. Really? I think, was it EA or was it Bethesda? Who produced? I think it was Bethesda. I, like it was, I think it's Bethesda. Yeah, and I've uh, after their whole Fallout online thing, I uh, just Fallout seventy six. It was just like yeah, I remember that. You guys need to get your shit together. Yeah. Um, but what other games are you uh do you do you plan on playing or that you're currently playing besides Apex? <laughs> uh, so me and my circle of friends on the internet, because that's pretty much where I hang out. Now I don't I don't have like real friends anymore. Uh, or is we we found like this sandbox type of game, kind of like Minecraft, but it's two D. It's uh it's called T Terraria. It's been out yes. for a long long time. I think that's the I think that's the game that like it, it, it's a what do you call it um oh it like there's a new level all the time. It like totally randomizes levels or something. Or yes something? yeah sandbox sandbox yeah. Um, uh, we've been playing that just for hours, and it's just what I like about it is it's just really relaxing. Like you just pretty much just go and dig around and discover stuff on the map and build build a house. You can build a castle in the sky if you want. You can go down into dungeons and kill things. It's you know whatever you want. You're not bound to do anything. You can do whatever you want. Uh, whereas like. When I'm playing like a shooter or something, I feel like I have to win. Like I'm really competitive, and if I don't get that win, I get really angry, and um, it's probably not the best things to do between training sessions. Probably like want to relax and stuff. So that's why I like this game a lot better. Hmm. Uh, I used to be a hardcore COD Modern Warfare player, uh -huh. and okay. uh, that uh, it, I was. That game just used to get me so, so my blood boiling whenever I, my team lost, because uh, I, I took my COD very seriously. Bro, did you hear about that that swatter guy? Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. How crazy was that? I heard that guy just got sentenced for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. No, swatting is is I don't want to say I shouldn't say it's a thing, but it is actually a thing. I didn't know it was a thing until then. I was like, holy crap, these guys are psychos, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so what swatting is, guys, is when it's it's when you um, call call police and pretty much say, hey, this guy's, this guy's, he's killing all these people, he's got my mom hostage or whatever, um, go send a squat, SWAT crew down there and take care of him. And what happened in this case was, like, he called 
called in but gave him the, the wrong address to some guy in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas. It was some random, some random ass dude, like, came out and, like, the police were at his door. He came out and, like, startled and stuff, seeing all these cops. He ended up getting shot. Like, this innocent, random guy just gets killed for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was a kid, we used to just order pizzas to pe- to the neighbor's house to fuck with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's all right. Don't call the police on them and get them killed. It's actually funny you say that. There's actually like professional like YouTube let's players and Fortnite players and Twitch streamers who actually ha- um they have said that they had to go to the police and like let them know like when they're gaming because. People would try to like wow. fuck with them in their streams, and so like they say, they would go to they go to the local priest and say, "Hi, I'm Ninja from Fortnite. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing <laughs> Fortnite for um for from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. So if anybody calls you saying that I am holding my mom hostage or something, they're bullshitting or something like that. Yeah, they, they yeah. a lot of uh, that's what a lot of these uh, let's players and YouTubers and streamers and Twitch streamers have to like they actually have to do that to like that's a part of their lives is letting the police know I'm actually gaming. So please don't come to my house and shoot me. Man, that is a terrible, terrible thing. That is that that is the world we live in today, and that's really sad. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm curious to know. Uh, are there are you planning to play any single player games in the future? Like maybe uh, Resident Evil. Or I don't know if you uh, if you play any console games or uh, if those are your types of games. Really. Not really like a Resident Evil fan. I, I do have a Switch. I play it a lot. Uh, I've been trying to beat the, the the. It's not new, but it's newish. The the Zelda game that's out for Switch. I've like, been trying to beat it for the last year now. I just it's one of those open world games though. And I kind of get distracted with other things, and um, I feel like if it's too open world, it's almost like you you lose. It's hard time. To focus on what you need to do to get to beat the game. Nope, that's I struggled the same thing with. I usually when GTA Five came out, I was playing the game <laughs> so much, and then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna put this on the back burner and play something else. And I just totally yeah. forgot about it. And then a, a year or two later, I came back to it. And yeah, you know, I was just over. Yeah, those games you just get so yeah. overwhelmed with like so and, much. And, and when you, when you come back to it, you're like, oh man, what was I doing? You, you you always have to like struggle to remember what you you were doing at that time two years ago. And yeah, that's that's why I haven't beaten Zelda. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know that a lot. Of, I have some friends that have played Red Dead, Red Dead too, and they're they're struggling with it as well because. They bought the game last year, and they're still they still haven't even progressed for the, like the main story. They've told me they told me that they're still doing side missions and finding like all this other stuff in the games. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I just noticed that you got the uh, the uh, Mass Effect uh, ship uh, shirt yeah. on uh, on your sh- uh, yeah the uh, Normandy like Seven. Mass Effect, man. Yeah, I like I like Mass Effect a lot. I like one and two. I hate three, and I despise Andromeda. Despise Andromeda, yeah, I bought the game, played it for like 10 minutes, and I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. They f- that game, they, it, was, it was... Ugh, I, that made me more... The, oh, God. Yeah, the, the first one was my favorite, for sure. They, they turned it into something different along the line, and it didn't turn out well. Oh, yeah, yeah. and without, without giving spoilers for number three, they, uh... 
They uh, didn't even they didn't, the endings <laughs> totally they totally fucked up the endings. Yeah, well they had to go back and redo them and update the endings because it was so bad. Exactly. Yeah, the, I would have been happy if they ended it with the Citadel uh, DLC. That would have been the great best way to end the. Uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, DLC, the Citadel, where it just became like uh, like a road comedy with all the characters. No. It was a, a DLC called the Citadel, and it was it was like this. Almost, almost sitcom like DLC with 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 all the cat with all the characters. All the it was like they totally like it went from like this serious game to like it just became a comedy and it was like actually funny how wacky like the situations that were with that DLC. Yeah, was yeah. it meant to be that like that or? Yeah. Oh well, yes, no. They 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 decided to have fucking fun with it. It was the last DLC I think they came out with before they stopped supporting the oh, game. Shit. Okay, I might have to go back and play that because I haven't haven't done that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Do you still play Fortnite or PUBG or any of those sorts of games besides Apex? I still play PUBG. Yeah, I still play a bit of PUBG. Um, my group of friends stopped playing it because it's it it's not not as fun as say Apex. Well, I like I like PUBG because it's different. It's just it's more real. It's it's um, easier to like one v three a whole squad, um, whereas like, in Apex it's really hard to you really have to like work as a team and to kill one person. Whereas like in PUBG, it's, you can headshot people really easy and take a whole squad by yourself. But I I get frustrated with like playing with random people on Apex because they just. Some of them just like drop on themselves or whatever, and yeah, it's hard to find good teammates. Or the worst is when when you have like twelve year olds and they don't know how to turn off their microphone. Yeah, yeah, they just have it live the whole time, and it's just uh, it's annoying. And what about Fortnite? Do you play any Fortnite? Nah, nah, I don't really play Fortnite. I played it like maybe a little bit when it came out, but it didn't. I didn't really get into it. I'm I'm really surprised because. That that game I played it, I played it for a while. I'm not I don't see what the big deal is, but I, a lot of you know like gamers just love that game. They just they just love that's such an addicting game for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm not huge into the building and stuff like that. I'm more into the gunfights and um, strategy around that mm-hmm. rather than like building like really tall towers and whoever gets high ground wins. And <laughs> Build up, shotgun down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, do you have a Twitch channel yet? Did you say, or are you working on a Twitch channel, or do you want to do go I, into games? I have one. I have one, but uh, it hasn't officially relaunched yet because my internet. Like I, I made a Twitch account to to play around with it, but the upload speed was just too terrible for me to work with. So um, I put a pause on that for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of the last topics I want to get to is is your, I guess your interaction with fans on the internet. You're very prominent on on R slash MMA, uh, yep. and uh, very interactive towards your fans. Uh, why you, uh, I guess yeah. Well, why do you take that approach? Uh, a lot, there's a lot of MMA fighters who just aren't very interactive with their fans. Why why is that something that you do? Uh, I don't know. I feel like Reddit always has been there since the beginning of my career. And I just being able to to talk to them and interact with them on this level like just makes 
and I, because I, I know, like, I've been a redditor for pretty much my whole life, so I know like how to comment and and um, you know point to funny memes or whatever, whatever. I feel like I relate to redditors really easily, whereas like people on Facebook or Instagram. Like, I have a hard time, like, writing back to them because I'm just, like, um, you just say the same, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know, I just don't know how to relate to people other than people on Reddit. Uh, what <laughs> they're is... like me, they're like me and you, like, we're, we're both, like, we like sitting in our rooms and playing video games and stuff, you know, or watching MMA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Any particular favorite uh, r slash MMA meme that you consider, I guess, the funniest or your favorite? <laughs> I'm really liking the, the the single leg. You know, he had the single. Leg. Oh yeah. Well, that was with the uh, Ben Askren. Uh, Robbie. Was that, no, no, that wasn't. No, no, no. Um. No, 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 no. That was Cejudo and. Cejudo. Uh, yes, yes. Cejudo. T J. Dillashaw. Yes. <laughs> there you go. He, he, but he had the single leg. So I um I don't know if you saw this uh match. Uh, it was in Combat Americas uh, yesterday. Um, I'm forgetting the fighter, but it was uh, American fighter versus Mongolian fighter. Uh, and the right. Mongolian fighter w- w- went for a waist lock on the guy, and then the guy just starts giving elbows to him. Like, remember Josh mm-hmm. Barnett to Frank Mir? Uh, elbows. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was that the guy just went down to the ground, just like flat, face flat on the ground. Actually, what happens is that it was, it was later uh, ruled a DQ because they were to the back of the head. But then, yeah, with the first, the, like, I think the most upvoted comment was he was going for the single leg. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. I do enjoy. I, I do enjoy the Mark Hunt copy pasta, though. You know that one, right? The copy the. Where, like the uh, like why the, don't you fuck the, off from my uh, Facebook? Yes. You. Yes. <laughs> I love that one, man. And like, you know, the eyeball the eyeball emoji. Yeah. And the uh, what was it? The uh, the uh, what do you? Oh my God! Uh, thing the things. The syringes, the syringes, the, the the syringes and all that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy, happy new fucking steroid years. Um, yeah, I, I met I met Mark Hunt. Like I actually competed against Mark Hunt in in um, EFO in like in in the esports competition called EFO last December. How did that go? Did you beat him, or how, how, how? I did beat him. Yeah, it was um. So it was like a we did like a celebrity uh, game off, and whoever won three out of the five games won the entire match. So it was like <laughs> it was like all these weird games uh, that were sponsoring the event and stuff. Um, it was like uh, NASCAR was one of them, which I won, and crazy. Crazy that I won because I, you know, who knew an Asian guy could drive, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I won that one. Um, like Mortal Kombat, he won that. Um, a Super Smash Brothers game called Brawl Hollow. It's like a, like Super Smash Brothers, yeah. but different. Um, Counter Strike, I won that one. As you should have, as as actually no, he should have won that because he was. He that, is really good Counter Strike, but yeah, that was the reason why he was losing so many of his fights in Pride back in the day because he was just too busy playing Counter Strike. Counter Strike, yeah, but um, you know we were playing the new battle. That was it. Um, CS:GO. Battle Royale. CS:GO, but um, they're they're battle royale style. Oh, okay. Um. 
Was Team Fortress? You know was Team Fortress part of it? I have to. I'm, no, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah, no, Team Fortress was it. No. So who yeah. is, who would you say is a better gamer? We know that you are better than Mark Hunt, but how about you and Demetrius Johnson? Who is the better gamer? Oh man. Um, uh, I think in certain games, like I know he plays like Dark Souls and stuff. Which yes. Is, like one of the hardest games in the world. Yes. Um. He'd probably take me in that, but like in games like PUBG or any any shooter, I feel like I'd take him. Now you two, you know you two have never fought in a in an MMA cage, but what about perhaps facing mm-hmm. off in a game of PUBG with oh, the Well, it's hard. It's hard to like hard to prove yourself one v one in PUBG, but sure, I think I think I would. Or if if we had like if we I don't know the. Played on like a team, and whoever got the most kills, I feel like I would get more kills. Well, yeah, you, you get your team. You get your team of 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 uh, of, of of player friends. He gets his team because I'm sure that he's got a team as well. Yeah. Put on Twitch. Views. Like win, yeah. Yes. Yeah, do it. Uh, Someone make it happen. Or yeah, or uh, do you ever? Would you ever consider going to esports at all? Or is that that's not something yeah, you're not maybe, interested in? Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I, I, I really like gaming, but I don't like it to play, like, eight hours a day. And I feel like esports, you have to, you have to, you have to, like, give up your life to, to train esports. They, there are camps in Korea that just are there for people to train in StarCraft. Yeah, 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 man. That's great in one game, StarCraft. Yeah. Um, and also, I was, uh, I was, I actually, I don't know how, why I was watching this, but I was watching the Overwatch, uh, like, I guess, finals or something on ESPN, which I was blown away that ESPN actually had Overwatch finals on their channel, and then, and what happened, uh, actually, and also another thing, up here in uh, in New York City at the Barclays Center, which is, uh, a big arena, they had the Dota, Dota 2 finals as well. Um, Wow. And so, what, one of the things that I remember, one of the things that one of the uh, team members of the on the Overwatch team said that, like, yeah, what they basically do is they get up in the morning, have breakfast, and then they meet up with the team, and then they they just train for twelve yeah. to thirteen hours. And I'm just, oh my god! And I'm just thinking, like, I would if I had to play the same game over and over again, I would wind up hating it. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But yet these people, they they just somehow it, it's in their. I don't know what in their their brain somehow just happens to find this. They, they, they can work with it. I have no idea how they can do that. It's it it's it, I'm just it just I find it it's it's amazing, kind of sad, and also interesting at the same time. Really is yeah. Really, is. I don't know how they do that. Like I could never play one game for twelve hours a day and do it every day. Like that'd be torture. Yeah, and also I'm, I'm like I'm surprised because like they also say that they don't have. You ever hear of the uh, Tetris effect? No. Tetris. So yeah. if, apparently, some people have this. Um, if they pay, if you play Tetris for a long time, like you're just looking down at the screen, you're just playing it for like hours and hours. Well, what happens is that you'll start to hallucinate and start seeing Tetris blocks like in real mm-hmm. life. You'll start to see buildings become like Tetris blocks, and like it'll totally fuck with your mind. Just because you've been oh. playing for so long, and I'm just wondering how the, oh, some of these players just these players say, "Oh, that they're okay, that they don't have any like 
symptoms of like Overwatch effect or Fortnite effect or anything of like that. They just happen to like go on their lives. I'm just thinking like if I was looking at the same thing for that long, I probably would go would start hallucinating that like, oh, I'm seeing I'm seeing Overwatch characters crossing the street or something like that. Yeah, be scary, man. Uh, I think one thing that I do notice when I'm training MMA, like I've trained MMA like for long martial arts for like more than half my life. So like, I think what I notice is like in public is like if someone has like their arm bent like at like a right angle, like I've just got like this urge to like go and reach and grab a kimura or something. Or if I see like a really tall lanky guy and his legs out exposed. Like I just want to like leg kick him and chop him down. So you just weird things like that. So, so like you're my just, life. So my you're just life, when you're walking down the street, when when you yeah, just yeah. you'll you'll will just come across your mind like, oh that that tall leggy guy, I want to kick him in the leg. I just want to leg kick the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I just want to like go oh, boom. Or if somebody's like running towards your direction, like trying to cross the street, you just want to get a nice uppercut on, on them or something like that. Yeah, or a teep, or a teep or something. <laughs> 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 right to get. Oh, that's funny. That That's really funny. Or like, if, if somebody like, if somebody like, I don't know if one of your friends ever like tries to like, like pat you on the shoulder or like grab you from behind the shoulder like, if, like or something like that, you just have to like, the urge to just tip toss yeah, them or something like, like that. grab my wrist and like, flip them over. Oh, that's so, oh, that's so, oh, that's just so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that's uh, basically all the questions I have. I want to give you an opportunity if Kyoji Horiguchi ever listens to this audio. I want you to say whatever you want to to him or about him. Positive, negative, don't care. This is your time to cut a uh, a a Ben Ten Win promo on him. I want to give you the floor. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Yeah, Horiguchi, man, you're a really tough guy. You got, you've uh, done a lot for the sport. Um, it's not hard to fight you, but, man, bring on, bring on your A game on April 21st. It's going to be a wild ride. And also, see you there. I want to give you an opportunity to uh, plug all of your social media where people can uh, reach you if they want to talk to you. Yeah, um... Yeah, man, so my social media is all Ben10MMA. So that's Ben, the number 10, so 10MMA. Instagram, Scott, Skype, not Skype. <laughs> yeah, um, Instagram, Twitter, and yeah. Facebook. And you're also on Reddit as well, mostly r slash MMA? Yes, r slash MMA. Um... That's about it, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, thank you very much for doing this interview. Um, I wish you the best of luck in your fights. It's going to be an exciting fight. Uh, and I, you know... It, it's going to be a cracker, man. It's going to be explosive. And I feel like two men are going to enter and one man leaves. One man will Are you saying that one man will be dead or one man will be just <laughs> going out in a gurney? Um... Yeah, one man's gonna be dead. Oh, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna just... be an exciting fight. Koji yeah. Horiguchi. Yeah. It's Ko- be an exciting fight. Koji Horiguchi versus Ben Nguyen, and it'll be April 21st at the Yokohama Arena. 
Uh, for anybody who's not in Japan, which will probably be everybody listening to this, they can list. They can get it at Fight TV, um, and uh, it'll be at one a.m. Are you actually just curious to know? Do you know if you're gonna be in the co-main or like or where you are in the card by any chance? I'm pretty sure I'm co-main. Okay, so it'll be in the co-main. Uh, so if you get out, if you're on the East Coast, like I will be, get out that coffee, get out those Monster Energies, whatever you gotta do, stay up to watch it, cause it's a fight you don't definitely don't want to miss. Yep, that's right, man. I'll see you guys there. I can't wait to make my debut um, in Japan. It's gonna be so much fun. Can't wait to see you guys there. And we definitely look forward to talking to you again uh, and talking about all of your future fights in Ryzen. Heck yeah, man. Sounds good. Thank you again. Ben, appreciate it. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll catch you next time, all right?